listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Former Bears quarterback Mitch Trubisky signing a one-year deal with the Buffalo Bills, presumably to back up Josh Allen there. It is a $2.5 million deal with some incentives tied into it. <laughs> That's interesting. Presumably, what, what would be the other scenario? Like he, he gets beat out for the backup and he's the third? Is that what well, you're no, thinking? Maybe he gets cut. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's a chance he'll be the backup. Let me ask you this question, though, because it's easy. And listen, it's if we're making fun of Mitch in a way or Mitchell, and that's worthy of being made fun of, I think, but not this. He's okay, right? You know, he's making more than a lot of hardworking people, you know, literally doing a lifetime in this bad year. But they are in the, you know, these players, these uh, reaching the pinnacle of their profession, and it's a billion dollar profession. They make money they're supposed to make. I mean, to me, the beauty of the NFL's rev share agreement is they're saying, okay, the players contribute 50%, the infrastructure, the all the legacy to have the trademarks, the team, you know, however you want to think about that 50%, we take the money in, we divvy it up and go. I mean, to me, that means that you can't even debate if collectively – and not that you would, Jonas, but collectively, if the players deserve their millions and millions and billions, ultimately, they do. Um, that said, we can, because they're making so much money, we can have some fun with it. But I got to be honest. I think that Trubisky getting re-signed by the Bears was closer than we thought. Because I would make the following case. And let me ask you, Jonas, what you would have made the odds. I don't. We didn't do it at the time. But... Right when the season, let's say the regular season ended, and there was that, you know, remember, obviously Foles got hurt, Trubisky came back and played statistically significantly better. At that point, I would have guessed about a 30% chance that Trubisky would have had been re-signed in some significant way, not like a five-year, you know, $100 million deal, but a real deal I think the odds weren't worse than 30%. What would you have guessed the odds to be? Yeah, I would have said probably about the same because that was a lot of the discussions I know in and around Chicago that, hey, did he play himself back into consideration for the 2021 quarterback job? And when I say him getting beat out for the job, I don't mean that as a slight to him. I actually think he's a much better quarterback than people give him credit for. I just think for that kind of money, if somebody comes in and outplays him, Buffalo's not going to be tied to that contract like if he would have signed for 7 or $8 million. No doubt. And, you know, you just – I didn't have this in the notes, but it just hit me. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas, and we're brought to you by Farmers Insurance. You can call 1-888-FARMERS-TO-SWITCH, and you could save big on your auto insurance. It's really the best thing you can do with your phone in a few minutes. Just call 1-888-FARMERS and start saving today. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Who would you rather have if you're the Bears owner? Trubisky at quarterback or Andy Dalton? Oh, Trubisky. Not even close. So what's going on here? It's it's very, very puzzling. It's because the, Andy Dalton signed before Trubisky, so in yeah. theory the Bears could have gave Trubisky the same contract. Yeah, it's it's pretty obvious to me that they were out on Trubisky before last season. And one of the things that I had heard was in training camp, a Bears player who was there uh, told some media members that 
Look, I, I don't know what they're waiting on. He's outplayed Nick Foles the entire time. I don't know why it's taken him so long to make him the starter. And then he had the, you know, he played a little bit poorly. He had the one bad throw against Atlanta, but they were undefeated. And then they decided to bench him. It, I think they decided last year before the season, this is it for him, barring anything miraculous. And they were just going to walk away from it after this season, See, no matter what. I think as you look back in hindsight, you could say that if the, that what happened fits that narrative but i don't see why that would be because it would have been in my opinion totally illogical in the following way is the gm in a way his wagon i mean from what i'm hearing it's pace right he's not is yeah is i'm hearing he's on you know his fingernail you know last legs right now so if they have a real good year this year i guess he's getting one last year in theory to redeem himself post Trubisky. But in general, Trubisky and him were hitched. And if that's the case, you want to keep rolling. Whatever the chance, you know, if you got like a lot, if you're on like a, a desert island and it's like lost, right? And you got one lighter and you're a cigarette smoker or whatever, and you think that lighter's, you know, doesn't have one more light in it, well, what, what's your alternative? You keep flicking that lighter, hope it kind of lights up one time yeah to me maybe that's a little extreme because they are getting this one year with andy dalton but uh, typically and you follow this type of sports stuff really well i think the machinations with the gm and when and stuff like that how often does a gm early in his tenure do a big trade uh, you know in uh picks a quarterback at number two uh, and it becomes a bust. I mean, to the point they don't even give him a fifth year option and that GM survives with that team. I don't think it ever has happened. Has it? No, I, I, not that I can remember off the top of my head. I, I just look at this as they realized they needed something drastic to happen this off season to take some of the heat off them. That was one of the things they said at the post season press conference. And, and, you know, we've got to address the quarterback position. We got to get the quarterback position, right? I just think this was a foregone conclusion. And I think, like I said, barring anything miraculous, they were going to look at last season as being the final uh, chance Ah. for Trubisky. And, I don't think he gets back in last season if Nick Foles doesn't suffer whatever that injury was to his hip on Monday Night Football because that's the only reason Trubisky was named starter uh, the next week was because Nick Foles went down with the injury. Yeah, remember Trubisky was hurt and they they, they weren't even sure he was going to be able to play. Yeah. I think so. I agree with you about that. But one last kind of thought on it, and I I want to get your thought because I really believe the more I think about this. They made a big mistake, and here's why. What has to happen with the Bears this year for the, it to be a redemption, for it to be the ownership group, whatever, saying, you know something, he messed up that <laughs> Trubisky pick, and he messed up this and this, but you know, we went blank and blank this season and made it to this round of the playoffs, and you know what? He's redeemed. What ha- I mean, they at least have to ha- make the NFC Championship game, right? I mean, I, I I would think if they get a win in the playoffs, then it's more likely they're going to be back. If they get a couple of wins, they'd definitely be back. Okay, so let's let, let's let's be optimistic and say one win in the playoffs, 
you get to the division round. Even maybe even if they get to buy, that's good enough. But I don't even know. But like, you get to the division round, or let's say one win, you've redeemed yourself. Now, scenario number two, they go hard for Russell Wilson. They fall short. North Carolina doesn't, or I'm sorry, North Dakota doesn't work out for them. Then at that point, if they would have had a plan, okay, guy, here's what we do. Trubisky, here's the contract that we can offer you if we can't sign. And maybe they don't even have to tell them. They just say, give us to this date, whatever. And then if it didn't happen, right, which it didn't, the Russell Wilson, you go to Trubisky at that point, and here's why I'm thinking so. I think the bar is actually less to redeem themselves with Trubisky. Because after ending last season on a nice run, you know, statistically for sure, Trubisky, if he had like, let's say, number 12 QBR this year, right, number 12, isn't that like, isn't that a really good narrative that, well, wait a minute, this guy was actually top five QBR his uh, first year, and then he had a couple bad years, you're right. But then in that fourth year, he you know he came back. In the second half of the year, he was strong. And then that fifth year, he was number twelve in the NFL. He's on his we're top top ten is next. That actually, I'd I'd actually buy into that. Yeah, I just I, there's a lot of people that just see what they did at quarterback by adding Andy Dalton and look at it and go. Are we sure he's better than Trubisky? Because well, I, I don't, yeah. I don't think that he is. And but but let's say that Andy Dalton gets to be the number twelve quarterback QBR wise. I don't think that does the Bears much good, or specifically yeah. because in a way the negative is out of town now. If anything, the negative Trubisky could only be a a, a real problem. Because imagine if Josh Allen goes down and Trubisky comes in there and plays really well. It would be a better look for them if Trubisky was the number 12 QBR quarterback in the league than Andy Dalton. And also, to go along with that, Trubisky's... I'm sorry, you think if he went to Buffalo... Oh, you're saying on the Bears, on the Bears. Yeah, if he was on the Bears, yeah. And and to go along with that, Trubisky is loved in that locker room. And so all the starters, all the guys on defense, on offense, I think there would be a better vibe around the organization that, hey, you know what, this guy who gets compared to a lot of the other quarterbacks in his draft class he ended up turning into something later in his career and that's why the longer it went on the more I looked at him as like okay well maybe the ceiling for him isn't Mahomes maybe it's more like an Alex Smith and if you can get an Alex Smith kind of career then you've done something in the league yeah that's fascinating I mean this is almost like advanced I mean like this is what they teach decision making like uh graduate classes on is the idea of in this and again not that I am at that level on these kind of decisions but the idea that okay, you got the positive that you that you you've done in the past, and the negative in the past, and then you've got the idea that what happens this year affects the past because it's not just what happened in the past, but it's the asset that you have, right? The quarterback, Trubisky, in this case. Once you let that asset out the door, he cannot redeem himself. He can't for for the people that drafted him. So thus, if you aren't going to have a clearly better quarterback. You'd rather it's not best for the team, right? Let's say we thought for sure Trubisky was, let's say God told us that Trubisky was uh, the 15th best quarterback this year and Andy Dalton was the 12th. 
if you're actually the Bears or if you're Pace, you're going to actually keep Trubisky because if he does get lucky and becomes the number. So God's telling you this is his average result. You know, next year. Yeah. If he gets lucky in his number ten, you actually get the payoff. But if if Dalton gets lucky, yeah, if somehow you make the playoffs and go far, you get the payoff. But boy, it's easier to get the payoff with Trubisky on the Bears. Yeah, I I would agree, especially when you committed to him early uh, enough to trade up one spot in the draft and you threw everything behind him and went all in on the Khalil Mack trade because you believed in the guy. If he ended up only being a couple of spots behind, I think that's a wash in comparison to to just sort of the equity he's built within the organization and how much they put in. And and, and they still own him at that case or still, you know, control his rights or whatever. So last uh, real quick, rapid fire, 30 seconds, two quick thoughts. One. Trubisky going to the Bills really reinforces a concept that doesn't get discussed enough, which is they want the backup quarterback. In fact, they need the backup quarterback to be able to play well in the same kind of offense. You can't just you can't have a running quarterback and a statue, you know, backing each other up, whatever the order is. So that's why you look at RG3 in Baltimore. This is an example. If you think about Josh Allen, you think about Trubisky, you see a lot of the same. No, obviously not that last 10%, right? But yeah. if, if Josh Allen would have taken a downturn last year and Trubisky would have taken an upturn, it, it would have only taken probably an increment or so, and, and Trubisky's the better quarterback. You know, if they go, you know, if they go up, let's say seven slots, and and Trubisky went up seven, and and Josh Allen had gone down seven, so it was like they were both kind of in a similar place, and one took a jagged upward momentum. You know, Josh Allen, Trubisky went down, and look at the difference. But they are similar quarterbacks, at least by my eye, uh, style-wise. Do you agree with that, John? Yeah, I mean, obviously the physical traits advantage Josh Allen by a mile all the way. But, yeah, the mobility. And, and look, Trubisky did play at a high level at times. It's not like he's, you know, just a just a mediocre quarterback who's never really had, you know, highlights or never really – I mean, he's had really, really good games before where he's played well. And so – you know, the thought that, hey, it, it, the way Josh Allen plays, his running style, um, you know, if he starts getting reckless again and, and, you know, suffers an injury, God forbid, or he goes down for a couple of games, I think you could do a lot worse at the backup quarterback position than Trubisky. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If the numbers say one thing and our eyes say another, I don't think it's just easy enough to say, well, I'm a numbers guy, so I trust the numbers. And Jonas says, well, I'm an eye test guy, so I, and I'm not saying that, but I trust the eye test. we got to figure out when it is that we trust numbers and when we don't. And I believe Mitch Trubisky looks good under that criteria because what we're going to do for the four years that he's been in the league – we're going to show the top five quarterbacks, you know, real quick, rapid fire each year, boom, 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 boom. 
And Trubisky was in one of these top fives. And the case I'm going to make is there wasn't like a bad quarterback in any other of the, I guess it would be 20 slots, right? Top five for four years. So, McKenzie, uh, read me the 2017 top five QBR. Casey Keenum style from fifth best to best. Matt Ryan, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Case Keenum, and Carson Wentz. Yeah, see, I think the fact that Case Keenum was coming up, you said Casey Kasem, you said Case Keenum style. That's interesting. (laughs) I mean, he had a good year, but he doesn't take over Casey Kasem. Now, there's the guy that we can debate. All right. And I think rightfully so debate, because that was one of the real shockers of QBR the last 10 years. So maybe we put Case Keenum or Casey Case or whatever we want to call him (laughs) off to the side and say, maybe that's example one. I don't know, Jonas. What do you think of Case Keenum? Because to me, I looked at him even the year or two after and thought he was, you know, he was like maybe the 18th, 20th best quarterback. No, not elite, but it wasn't like he was, he was a non-starter or something. Uh, what was your take on that? I mean, did you have any uh, strong take on that? Yeah, I actually didn't think that the upgrade from Case Keenum to Kirk Cousins was that significant, if at all. And and, and I actually think the best the Vikings played um, as a team was with Case Keenum at quarterback. Now that, you know, obviously things had to go certain ways but look they made a run to the nfc title game they were they were you know uh, playing the eagles in the nfc championship game with an opportunity to advance and that was with case keenum coming in coming in you know after sam bradford went down earlier in the season and case keenum played at a really high level but it's just it, there's been other times to where you've seen him yeah. make critical mistakes and things like that and, and he sort of comes back down to reality yeah no doubt and and the, the fascinating thing about the Keenum decision by Minnesota was they literally let him go after that year. Yeah. Right. So it's not like you have that monster year. The next year you fall, you know, back to earth and then they let him go. It's like literally, well, you, you took us to the um, conference finals. You were number three or whatever in QBR, the top five. And uh, thank you. Bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the, the real question is since QBR started, how many quarterbacks were in the top five and in the same year took their team to the final four, you know, the conf? I'd say there was probably only like Tom Brady. There's probably only been like four of them. And one of them is Case Keenum. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Tournament prop of the year. It is your best bet. It is tournament time in March Madness. So, RJ, what is the tournament prop of the year? Now, this is actually a prop, but it's my favorite bet of the entire tournament. But it is a prop, which is what is going to be the sum? So if you add them up, what's the number of the seeds that make the final four? This is a very widely offered prop. And the theory is, you know, if you have all number ones, it's a four, right? So obviously that has happened, I think, once. And then you can imagine, so the over-under is 10 and a half. All right, so if the numbers add up to 11 or more, over wins, 10 or less, under wins. Nine of the last 10 years, nine of the last 10 years of the tournament, it literally has gone over. Nine of the last 10 tournaments last year not happening, obviously. So I believe this year has more variance 
than any year. More that, that we just don't know these teams as well. So thus any prediction is even weaker. So I love, love, love over ten and a half to sum the tournament seeds. Real quick, I'm gonna give you two teams I think can advance even though they're big underdogs. And Dave Essler helped me with this and so did AJ. Santa Barbara, UC Santa Barbara and Ohio University. If you're looking for some upsets, UC Santa Barbara, Ohio University in your bracket picking. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.